He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, and Sam Humphreys with you. As always, we are with you on a Thursday because a lot has transpired this week in the state of Oklahoma. We wanted to come to you and just kind of wrap it all up, set the record straight on everything that has taken place this week. Of course, we were at Forest Ridge uh, on Tuesday, courtesy of Madison Custom Homes, by the way. Shout out to our good friends at Madison Custom Homes. And some things went a little sideways at Forest Ridge. Rain started coming down. Uh, They blew the horn at 1047. I remember what time it was. Uh, I was out on the golf course. I was on the 16th green waiting on Ben Stoller to hit his birdie putt. We were the only people out there doing full coverage. Yeah, we were the only ones out there doing full coverage. We were tweeting out the videos. We had everything rocking and rolling. They blow the horn, and then to all, all of our surprises at 1 o'clock, 105, they decided to scrap the rest of the tournament and wipe out any play that took place on Tuesday, making the leaderboard after the first 36 holes on Monday, the final leaderboard for the 6A state tournament. Uh, we're going to dive into everything that happened here, how that one got canceled. Meadowbrook just down the street didn't get canceled. We should note, this takes nothing away from Ben Stoller's performance. He was ahead after 36 holes for a reason. He is a deserving state champion. He is a great player. He's going to Kansas State, has a bright future ahead of him. There, there's nothing wrong with his state championship. But what Same we're talking goes for about... Edmund North team as well. Absolutely. Edmund yeah. North, deserving state champions as and a I wanna, team. I want to make that clear uh, as well because I went to Evan North and I had a bunch of people uh, reaching out to me saying, oh, well, you know, are you just saying this, that they made the wrong decision because Jordan Wilson had a chance to win? And I rebutted them and I said, no, absolutely not. I, am, I hate it for Ben Stoller with the fact that we are talking about uh, the circus that went on at Forest Ridge instead of him winning the state championship when he was tied with Jordan Wilson when it when they blew that horn he was tied he was one over through seven uh, he started on the back but he was one over through his first seven holes of the final round and Jordan Wilson was even par through four and they were tied and I just wanted to see them finish it out the right way and so this has nothing to do with where I went to school or who I was. Uh, covering that day, I was covering Edmund North because I, I was covering the front nine and Colby Powell was covering the back nine. So this has nothing to do with where I went to school. I'm reporting on it. That's my job. And I just wanted to set that clear. Yeah, so so let's just kind of set the scene for everybody what took place Tuesday. We're, we're there. We record a podcast during the rain delay. And then they come out. They announce at 105 that that day will be canceled. The course is unplayable. And at 105 on Tuesday, the course was unplayable. It was pouring down rain at 105 on Tuesday. So we go outside, we have the trophy presentations, we talk to Ben Stoller, we talk to Dylan Teeter, to Jordan Wilson, we we get these interviews, and then we go across the street and we get some food. And then we come back out, so so it stops raining at about 2.15 on Tuesday, we come back out, and we're just across the street from Forest Ridge, so we're like, you know, let's just go back over and let's look at the course. Because it had really turned into quite a pleasant afternoon in Tulsa on Tuesday. Rain had had almost, it basically entirely stopped, sunshine was out. 
Yeah, it stopped raining at 2.15. Yeah, so anyway, so we go back across the street. Uh, we park there right next to number nine at Forest Ridge. You can see number nine from there. You can see number one from there. And Sam, you took a video up there at that green, and the course certainly looked a lot different at 2.50 p.m. on Tuesday than it looked at 1.05 when the decision was made to call it. And this is kind of what I've put on Twitter, in my opinion, is that it was just the jumping of the gun that really bothered me because when it comes to a state championship, and I played baseball growing up until my junior high school whenever I switched over to golf and you know with baseball it's like you just stay as long as you have to stay until you know for a hundred percent fact that there's no way to get that game in that day right and I really think that that should be the philosophy with golf and instead they looked at the course at one o'clock and they're like the course is unplayable we can't play anymore today and they scrapped the tournament at one o'clock I really think if they would have waited two hours that they they could have gotten some courses back on the gotten some groups back on the course at around four o'clock, even if they had to, to squeegee a green or two on the back nine or take the blowers out the leaf blowers and blow some water off the greens. I, I really think that it could have been played Tuesday afternoon. And, and I just, uh, my big problem is that it was called at one o'clock when we still had seven hours of daylight left. So uh, y- y'all hop in here because there well, are so many angles to this. Number one is I want to emphasize to people that we're not speculating on anything. That's why we're doing this on Thursday afternoon. The tournament obviously happened on Tuesday morning, and we wanted to let the dust settle a little bit and let everyone kind of get their story to us. Um, obviously, we're going to have a quote um, from the team uh, or from the tournament manager, uh, Mike Stoltz, uh, who is the head coach of Edmond Santa Fe, uh, and then the OSSAA um, has come out, and then Forest Ridge has obviously uh, declined to comment. But I wanted to make it clear that there's no speculation. When I say that they went up for a team meeting at one o'clock and came back down at 105 that the there is no way that they deliberated for five minutes and had every coach agree okay that that is number one and I know for a fact I know for a fact that every coach did not agree uh to cancel play that day so number one uh and then I'll let T-Dub hop in here and then we can go go on from there they were so premature in making the decision to cancel the tournament uh, canceled the final round that they were so premature that they had the trophy presentation while it was pouring down rain. I You can't even wait until the rain finishes and you see the radar. We knew that the rain was going to end at 2.15. They were so premature that they literally had the trophy presentation and we were doing interviews. You we're about to play some interviews that we had. Uh, and, and it was literally pouring down rain during the... Uh, trophy presentation and so I I just you can go Tita but basically um, that's where we start about how early this was in the day they had the trophy presentation at like 1 15 p.m. yeah well I mean you know Colby iterated to it perfectly I mean we go after everything's done we go get some lunch I mean we're pretty fast eaters it's not like we were there for four hours or anything I mean we wait we eat in about an hour we go right back across the street to Forest Ridge and I mean, literally, there's sun shining through the clouds. We go out there and we see what's going on, just to just to see. I mean, is is the course truly unplayable? I mean, we were out there. There was, you know, obviously a lot of courses are dealing with this currently with the with the winter kill with that Horatius uh, ice storm we had a, a few months ago now. And um, you know, then those areas could have been a problem with uh, you know there were some areas that were patched off. Would some people were having to take drops anyway um, for certain areas? But um, I mean, you know, the main reason we're doing this, guys, is um, there has been such a public outrage 
for uh, for what happened. I mean, it, we're not the only ones who are upset about this. I mean, there's teammates, there's fans of teams, there's everyone who is who has come to this. And I mean, it's it's kind of funny that it's along the same lines of what happened down in Louisiana with the uh, women's regional. What are the odds something like that happens twice in one day? Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> exactly. So it all fits together. And you know, I I mean, I have I think three weather apps on my phone, guys, and. I mean, there was not one app had uh, rain forecasted after 3.30 p.m. Not one. And the rain had stopped at 2.15. There was literally zero chance that there would be any more rain coming out. And the thing you have to consider is that the sun was coming out too, which means that the water will evaporate faster. I mean, these are all things that, in my opinion, I have no idea. I don't believe that they were considered fully just because, like you said, Colby, I think it was, you know, jumping the gun on a decision to make. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we mention this all the time. We don't have a time machine. So, I, in my best opinion, we need to all come up with, you know, what are ways that we can make sure something like this doesn't happen again? Because I feel like there are many ways that something like this could have been prevented. Well, and, and one thing, too, you know, I, I'm sure that some people think that we're dwelling on this, that we're spending too much time on it, that we're being too too harsh and true, too critical of Forest Ridge. The reason we're still talking about this, we are passionate about golf in the state of Oklahoma. All three of us played high school golf. We know what it means. We know what it means to put a tee in the ground for the last time as, as a high school golfer, knowing that you won't get to do it again. And, and a lot of guys on Tuesday were robbed of the opportunity to play the final round of their high school career. Um, and, and look, we, we did not go walk all 18 holes, but we were on the course that day. We, we were there. We saw what the weather was doing. We would have walked all 18 holes we, before. We, yes, yeah. yes, we would have been happy to. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, this is something that we're passionate about. And we're not trying to put anybody on, on blast. We're not trying to drag anybody through the mud. We're just trying to understand what happened, who's accountable for it, and, and how we can make sure that in the future, the, the student athletes are the ones who are getting taken care of because it, it seems like they were the ones who were kind of hung out to dry on Tuesday. Well, and I mean, for anyone who wants to know how impactful this was, I mean, just go to our Twitter or Instagram page. We posted a picture of Jordan Wilson holding the team, the team winning trophy in his arms, but you could tell how emotionally upset he was that he wasn't able to go out and have a chance to win his um, his senior year to get that state yeah. title. And, and obviously the, the one, second year in a row. Yeah, and obviously the, the one yeah. last year was taken away as well. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, and you know, to mention, I don't, I haven't fact checked this, but I believe on one of their Instagrams I saw this. Edmund North completed an undefeated season by doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah did not lose a tournament all year. No, they did not. And they and they still wanted to play. Yeah, that, I mean, that we goes had to Shane show. Hurley tweet at us that afternoon and say uh, an Edmund North player. Yeah, and say that it was an absolute joke of a way to end the biggest tournament in high school golf. They were not happy. There were a lot of people that were unhappy with the way and things he transpired. Won. He was on the winning on Tuesday, team yes. and didn't necessarily have a chance to win the individual, and he tweeted that. Yes, and, and so there's been a lot of reaction. Uh, do y'all think that this would be a good time to read the uh, the Stoltz quote? Give me give me one more thing. And, yeah, go ahead. And, go and ahead. I wanted to make it clear to people, before the round, Edmund North was up by 14 shots, okay, over Jinx, okay? And they, and I was obviously following Jordan Wilson's group. Jordan Wilson was beating his Jinx guy. Uh, who was obviously one of the better Jinx players, right, Parsons? Okay, so, and, and then I wanted to bring the point to uh, today, we're not dwelling on it. We, I had eight people come up to me today, uh, and I was playing in a OCS football uh, charity scramble this morning at Oak Tree, and everyone wanted to thank me and know exactly what happened, so we are doing this podcast to set the record straight because we were the ones out there covering the tournament because, first of all, the TV 
uh, like News 9, News 6, everything, they get out there later on the back nine. They want to interview the winners. Well, they it, this all happened on the front nine, okay? and we it, were, it was early in the day. Again, play play was stopped at a little before 11 o'clock a.m. Right. We were doing the full coverage. We were there at full, 8 o'clock, first tee times. Full videoing pretty much every single shot uh, that everyone wanted to see. And, uh, and, and so basically my point is I just wanted to set the record straight because I had people coming up to me asking what happened. Um, and I don't want to say the story a hundred times. I want to say, you can go listen to what I had to say about it on the podcast. And, and, and I had a lot of people obviously in Edmond that were thanking me saying, great job reporting. I'm all we were doing was reporting what we saw and the facts that we saw. Yeah, so, okay. so anyway, so tournament manager uh, was Coach Stoltz from Edmond Santa Fe, the right. head coach there. There's always a tournament manager that's designated, and then the decision ultimately falls on the tournament manager as well as the host course. Well, and I want to make it clear that the OSSAA, uh, Glover, I, I believe is his name, uh, the head of the OSSAA, was not there at, on site at Forest Ridge. So then, it, so you basically have three heads. You have the OSSAA, you have the tournament manager who the OSSAA does designates to be the literal tournament manager Mm -hmm. and then you have Forest Ridge which is basically the superintendent and the head pro and so basically the OSSAA guy was not in attendance so he deferred to tournament manager and Forest Ridge as well as the host club which was Forest Ridge so anyway Sam you texted coach Stoltz last night asked him if he would be able to come on the podcast and kind of explain what happened he was unable to he's out of state right now he's got some uh, some other things happening but he did did send us this and said that we were welcome to read it on the podcast so again this is from coach Stoltz the head coach at Edmond Santa Fe about what took place on Tuesday he said there was no situation we tried to wait as long as we could to try and play but the course superintendent who was checking the course for us said there were unplayable holes and would be for the rest of the day even if the rain stopped at three o'clock as predicted so the course called it and then coach Stoltwitz went on to say it's my understanding Meadowbrook was able to play because their course drains much better than Forest Ridge Meadowbrook of course uh is just a several 10. miles 10.1 miles away 10.1 miles west of Forest Ridge and for Forest- anyone who isn't aware that's where 5A State was at 5A State was at Meadowbrook and they finished they finished they played all 54 holes they got it in late Tuesday afternoon so again that was Coach Stoltz from Edmond Santa Fe who was the tournament manager on Tuesday uh, essentially saying that Forest Ridge said the course would be unplayable for the rest of the day so, so this would be my question so he deferred and- to Forest Ridge and basically said you know I believe you. Yes, you know? and, and also, by the way, we reached out to Forest Ridge, and they said that if a statement is to come out, that it will just be a statement that comes out from Forest Ridge. So we don't have anything from their side to give you today. My question to the people at Forest Ridge would be, how were you able to make the determination pre-1 o'clock when it is raining that the course will be unplayable for the rest of the day because the, the, the storms ended up moving through a little quicker, I think, than everybody thought, and that gave the course even more time to dry out. Sam, you and I were, were debating this earlier, how much time uh, would be needed to finish the round if you got back right. out there. You said three hours. I, I said it might be four hours because you'd have guys taking casual water drops in the afternoon, so it might slow up play a little bit. But they bit. were already taking drops uh, like casual water. Because and they were already they were so, playing it lift, clean, and play. They were already playing it lift, lift clean, in place which is important for people that don't know because when you play when you start a tournament playing it down and then you you can't switch it to lift clean in place because imagine that uh that Stoller gets to play it up on a certain hole on the front nine that 
that uh, that Jordan Wilson doesn't get to play it well, up on. Well, also, it's, so, it's, so sorry, was, I, I just want yeah, to clarify. It, you said term. It's a specific round. You can you can take off different rounds correct, of the term. You know, so like round meant, three. Yeah, you meant the third round that right, they were exactly. they were already playing. Well, it up well also because Stoller was three holes ahead of Jordan Wilson, yeah. so it wouldn't have been fair to come back out after and change it. But they were already playing lift clean in place because the course was already somewhat wet. There's winter kill all over the place. That's not specific to Forest Ridge, by the way. There's winter kill all over the state of Oklahoma. We all know that. Uh, it, it just my question would be, how could you have known? Because they went into the coaches' meeting at 1 o'clock. They had a decision at 1.05. So I'm assuming that means then that the course was driven and examined uh, pre-1 o'clock, 12.30, 12.45. I don't know how you could have, at that time of day, made the determination that the course would be unplayable at 4 o'clock. I think, it, in my opinion, teeing off at 4 o'clock, I think, would have left you enough time to get everyone oh, finished easily. by about 7.30. I think you could have finished. I think you could have restarted at 5 or 5. 30. Well, I'm saying four because you might need a playoff. I, right. think, I think four even leaves you time for a playoff. Yeah, they only had to play 14 holes. And I want to make it clear to people that this is not some Forest Ridge bash party because the, the reason why um, is because we went out there and we talked about how every single course, you can, re, you can go back through the 73rd hole Twitter account and see where we said that every course in Oklahoma has been battling winter, battling winter kill, right? And so... Uh, we 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 even talked about how pure the greens were. The greens that were day. awesome. They I, were great. I, I bet the greens right now at Forest Ridge are as pure as just about any course in the state. With some of the issues that a lot of courses have had getting their greens in good shape. The best the, courses in the state. Some of the best courses. Some in the of the state. best courses in the state. Yes, a lot of places have had problems. And, and this isn't again. This is not a Forest Ridge bash fest. It's not like this was nope. an easy decision to make. This was a tough decision to make. And that's why, to me, you don't make it at one o'clock. You make it after the rain stops. You give the course an hour to drain. And you look out and you say, okay, can we finish this round of golf and give these kids a chance to go out and compete for this state championship? And, and it, it just didn't play out that way. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like we're just speculating. I took a picture from, what was it, number nine green? Number nine yep. green looking back up hole number nine. And was there any water in that fairway standing? There, I mean, maybe a puddle a, 150 yards out from and the, the green. And the green was bone dry, and that was at 2.50 p.m. It had drained phenomenally well. From from the time we left the golf course, what time do y'all think we left the golf course? 1.45? Uh, a little earlier than that. Yeah, maybe, to, maybe go yeah, to, to go eat lunch. To go eat lunch. Yes, yeah. 1.30, 1.45 is probably what time we left Forest Ridge. We got back over there at 2.50. In the hour that we were gone, we came back to a completely different golf course than we had left. The, yeah. there, was, there was a lot of standing water at 1 o'clock. There was not a lot of standing water at 250 on the same holes that there was a lot of water. It, it's not like we looked at number one before we left, and then we looked at number nine whenever we came back. You, they, they run parallel to each other. We could see both of those holes. We could see the standing water. And when we came back, we could see that the overwhelming majority of it had drained off. Now, we don't know what hole seven looked like back in the – we don't know what hole 15 looked like back in the back. But it's hard for me to imagine that holes nine and one, which are fairly flat – would have drained worse or better than any holes further back in, in the course, which we have seen earlier in the day. Right, and back to the point of why this is not a Forest Ridge bash party, this is just reporting. The fact is that right when I tweeted that the OSSAA made the wrong decision, I had a source from the OSSAA 
that tweet or that texted me and said, "Just FYI, uh, but the tournament manager and the host club pro make the decision if the course is playable and the weather is safe to play. The OSSAA doesn't have someone on site making those decisions at all five sites. So we have a quote from the tournament manager, which is Stoltz, and we have a quote from the OSSAA, right?" That it's and and so who does that leave? All the blame or all of the decision making falls on Forest Ridge. Yeah, so, and we don't know whether they're going to say anything. Maybe they will. And, and, Maybe and, they'll come out and they'll have a great explanation right. for, for why it had to happen the way it, it we, did. We came out and said we 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 extended the invitation to Forest Ridge and said. You guys, uh, I, we would love to have you on the podcast to uh, set the record straight. We would love uh, to for you to give us a quote so we can publish it, right? And and they, they declined to comment. They said no comment. Yeah. Any, anyone who knows law or has watched a simple crime show knows what plead the fifth means and what <laughs> happens after that, and that's essentially what happens. So, so, I mean, anyone out there with, you know, with any type of sense, put two and two together. So, so why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break, come back on the other side, let this breathe a little bit, take a breath, come back, talk about uh, ways that maybe we could uh, have this better organized in the future because state is going to be played in the month of May every year in the state of Oklahoma. The weather's very unpredictable in the month of May. We all know that, so we need to talk about some concrete ways that we can have a better system in place to make sure that in the future these decisions are always fair to the players because that's what we're most concerned about you know somebody asked me well whose side are y'all on are y'all on forest ridge side you on the ossa side we're on the side of the players we want the athletes we're not picking sides yeah we, i mean we, 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 we want, want the athletes best. we want the athletes to be able to go out and compete so we're going to take a break come back on the other side and talk about what we think would be good to put in place in the future to make sure that it works for everyone and it's a fair situation for players for courses for the OSSAA to where something like this uh, doesn't happen again and create such controversy so we're going to take a break we'll come back on the other side stay with us here on the 73rd hole the official podcast of golf Oklahoma when something the size of a golf ball hits your roof you need to call McCray Roofing McCray Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist for years Jeff McCray and the experienced team at McCray Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs McCray Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McCray Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McCray Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof. It is your home's crowning glory. Call McCray Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at mcrayroofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McCray Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. We are rolling along here on a special edition of the 73rd Hall as we got together today to recap everything that has taken place this week in the state of Oklahoma as it pertains to the high school state championships. We will be uh, giving you all the state champions on the boys' side later on in the show, so make sure you stick around for that. Uh, Still got a lot of good stuff coming up. We'll touch briefly on what happened in Baton Rouge as well with the NCAA Regional down there. It's just get a little bit of water on the golf course and all of a sudden we can't play anymore. So did want to remind everybody, I know 
everybody who listens to the show. Uh, most people, anyway, probably avid golfers, and the golf swing can do some damage to your back. And if it does, you need to head to the Spine Clinic of Oklahoma, where Dr. Beecham and Dr. Brawley will get you taken care of. They're both avid golfers themselves. Uh, spine Clinic of Oklahoma has high-quality, individualized patient care, total, complete spine care. Beecham does non-invasive. The Spine Clinic offers the capability to approach all options before surgery. Dr. Beecham specializes in interventional pain management, and he is double board certified in anesthesiology and pain management. However, if you are needing back surgery, you can go see Dr. Brawley. Dr. Brawley has received the honor of being listed as one of the top 20 under 40 spine surgeons in North America, one of the top 20 in all of North America under the age of 40. Visit thespineclinicok.com, located just off Broadway Extension on Britain here in Oklahoma City. Uh, All right, fellas, just to kind of wrap up and talk a little bit more about what took place uh, Tuesday at Forest Ridge, one thing we should note, if, if somebody at Forest Ridge listens to this podcast and you'd like to come on and uh, and, and have a word, we're happy to have you. Anytime, we would love to have you. Uh, we'd love to talk about, you know, maybe what holes were potentially unplayable uh, Tuesday afternoon, any, any of that stuff. We would love to have anybody from Forest Ridge on the show. And, you know, I think it's also important to note that Forest Ridge has recently undergone a change in management. Forest Ridge was purchased by Troon Management Company uh, a little while back, and they actually took over management of Forest Ridge this past Monday, the first day of the 6A state tournament, new management took over and most people stayed on, uh, but there was the general manager at Forest Ridge, Troon Management Company wanted to bring their own guy in and he'd been there for about 20 years and he's no longer at Forest Ridge. Don't know if that played uh, a role at all, but for a long time there was that steadying force at Forest Ridge. That's no longer there. Uh, It's now owned by Troon Management Company. It's just, it's really bad timing for them that they take over and then this happens. You know, they, they can't control the weather. Uh, they certainly would have loved for it to have just been bright and sunny on Tuesday, but it, it's just another piece to the puzzle as we try to figure out uh, why we weren't able to play golf Tuesday and how we can be able to do more in the future. So uh, anyway, we've got I- any other comments y'all want to throw in here? Because otherwise we've got some interviews with Ben Stoller, Jordan Wilson, and Coach Potter from Edmund North the other day. Yeah, I was just going to say I have a hard time believing that the former uh, guy in charge over at Forest Ridge that ended up uh, leaving with this Troon, you know, everything happening uh, on Monday, like you said, it was literally the day before all of this <laughs> circus happened. I mean, it was at the first. It was the first day of the tournament. They played thirty six on Monday, and that was the day the new management company took over. That timing yeah. is that timing is crazy. Yeah, I, I just have a hard time believing he would have let this happen. Yeah, so. you just you just never know uh, how it all plays out, and just kind of the domino effect as pieces fall into place. So we do have uh, some interviews with Jordan Wilson from Edmund North, who ended up finishing second after they took the thirty six hole results. Coach Potter at Edmund North, who by the way is now athletic director Potter at Edmund North. Huge congratulations! Shout yep. out! Shout out Huge to uh, Coach Potter, great guy. Much deserved. Um, so much, much deserved. deserved. And, and he mentions whenever he talks about how hard it's going to be for him to get away from coaching and move into that AD role. So why don't we start with Ben Stoller? Like I said right off the top, great player, deserving state champion. Owasso's Ben Stoller. Yes, Owasso's Ben Stoller, Kansas State commit, only a junior, so he'll play again next year. None, none of this is his fault. How 
it played out. He was just sitting around waiting for the decision hey, like everybody else big was. Big-time player, obviously. I wasn't following him. Oh, he can but, play. But he can play. I went through and watched those videos. His swing is beautiful. Um, and huge congrats to Ben Stoller on winning this uh, state championship. Yeah, absolutely. First individual champion ever at Owasso, which meant a lot. He talks a little bit about that and some other things. So here is Ben Stoller Tuesday, uh, just about two minutes after he received his trophy for becoming the individual 6A state champion. Here with Ben Stoller from Owasso, the 6A individual state champion in the rain-shortened 36-hole event here at Forest Ridge. Ben, I, I know that inside you were sitting there and you, you didn't know what was going on. What was going through your mind as we were sitting here in the rain delay? I mean, I would just want to get back out and play. I mean, on 16, I had like a 40-foot up-the-hill slider, and I just three-putted the last hole. So I was thinking a lot about that lag putt I was going to have to hit. But, um, you know, I, I just sat on my phone, watched a lot of movies, and just sat there, enjoyed the time. Um, it was kind of good. I didn't sleep great the n- night before the first round. I accidentally set my alarm for the wrong time, so I kind of dozed on and off. But, uh, you know, I was just, you know, enjoying the time and enjoying, you know, being in competition because I love to compete. So when, when the news comes down that there will be no more golf, it, it's going to be a washout, you realize in that moment you are the 6A individual state championship. Just kind of talk us through those feelings that, and, and what's kind of going through your mind as you stand here and you hold that trophy. I mean, it was it was excitement because Coach told me at the beginning of the year, you know, hey, we never had an individual state champion. We've had two in, we've had two team state champions, we never an individual state champion. And so I, in my head, was like, you know what, i got to go do that. You know, it's been a big thing. It was a goal of mine last year, but, you know, we didn't get to play last year. So now coming into this season was a big goal of mine. Um, and it was just pure excitement. I was thrilled because coach has been giving me crap all year about not pulling it out. And so um, I told him, I was like, you know what, this is going to be the week. And, you know, it was the week. So It definitely was the week. And I have a question about yesterday. So there was weather forecasted today. Is that something that you and your team talked about? Were you aware of the fact that this could be shortened? And did, were you thinking in your last few holes yesterday, I need to pick a couple up here and make sure I'm leading after day one? I wouldn't say I was, like, thinking about it as much as I was just trying to get in. Um my swing didn't feel great yesterday, and so especially down the stretch, I hit some very errant tee shots. I just was like, okay, let's get par, let's get out, let's get par, let's get out. And so um, I was definitely focused. I knew that, hey, this might get shortened to maybe just nine holes tomorrow or something like that. And so in my head, I was like, all right, let's 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 get this going. I didn't quite know what everyone was at. Um, I, knew, I knew I was tied for lead after the first round, but I didn't know. Um, and so I missed a short putt on nine yesterday, and I thought I was going to be tied for the lead going into the day, but it turned out I had one shot lead. And so um, I definitely was down the end of the stretch yesterday. was kind of, okay, let's get in with two under, because I had been two under for a while, and so um, I just wanted to get in the clubhouse and see what, see what it posted at. So. so now you end up winning by one. Was there any key shot down the stretch yesterday that you look at now that you realize it was a 36-hole tournament and think, man, that 20-footer won it for me or that, that up and in won it for me? What, what happened late in your round yesterday that you look back now and think that could have been the shot that won me a state title um i mean there's a couple uh coach met me on five and i flared my tee shot right into the trees and was on mulch and i was just going to kind of chip out and we'd i'd hit that shot my freshman year in broken arrows tournament and he goes you can hit this up and over the trees with ease so you know i trusted him i had a big high cut over the trees um had a little flip wedge in, flipped it to 10 feet, made the putt for birdie. And so I probably wouldn't have made birdie in that case. And then six, I drove it into the fairway bunker, hit a decent fairway bunker shot, but had a very tough up and down um, and hit probably the best chip I've hit all year um, down to a foot. It was easy tapping. And then on eight, um, I'm not going to lie, I straight shanked my tee shot. Um, 
I, I came in and made par because I drained about a 20-foot up the hill slider, and so it was a it was a fantastic par because I absolutely hate that hole, but it was it was a par that I'll remember because the putt was a putt that I knew I needed to make just for confidence boosters on that hole because it was a rough start to that hole. Yep, every last shot matters. Congratulations, Thank Ben you. Stoller, 6A state champion. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to it. That was Ben Stoller from Owasso. He is the individual 6A state champion. Just a great kid. He was awesome in that interview. He was so nice to me uh, all day. I was following his group. I had several conversations with his mom throughout the day on the course. You know, Sounds she, like such a fun guy he, to he, go hang out with. By the way, best hair in all of uh, Oklahoma high school oh, golf. I mean, I haven't, has been, to be. I haven't seen every, every kid all around the state. But Ben Stoller's got some hair on him now. Those are some locks right there. That's up there with Tommy Fleetwood. He's uh, <laughs> he's it's very Trevor Lawrence esque actually. Flowing Not out fairway the back of Jesus, hats. but fairway Trevor Lawrence. Fairway Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I think that could work. All he's right. got kind of the the uh, dirty blonde flow coming out the back of the hat there. I like so it. Uh, yeah, he just seems like a great kid. Uh, we appreciate his time yesterday. So Sam, you had the opportunity to talk to Coach Potter, now athletic director Potter at Edmond North, as well as Jordan Wilson. So you asked them some questions uh, and got to hear just kind of how they were feeling and and like you allude to, bittersweet team championship once again that now makes in 27 years for Edmond North Golf between men and women's Edmund North has 27 state titles as a team unbelievable 27 and 27 years and uh and one thing I want to make clear before this interview uh I, I mentioned that he was tied for the lead when they blew the horn and Jordan Wilson didn't even know that he was tied for the lead but we were doing the live coverage yeah. on well, Twitter they're on opposite sides yeah of they're the on, he, there's no way he could have known yeah and there's not live scoring um, so but but we had it Right there yeah. on the 73rd hole, and I mentioned that he was tied for the lead, and, and he had no clue when the horn blew. Yeah, because coming into the day, he was one shot back of Stoller. Uh, Jordan Wilson was even through four. Stoller was one over through six. He had actually just bogeyed 15 his last hole of the day. He three-putted from about 70 feet on 15, uh, and that led him to be uh, to be one over on his day. So anyway, here is uh, Coach Potter, now Athletic Director Potter at Edmund North, as well as Jordan Wilson, Oklahoma State Commit Senior, who's the state runner-up in 6A. Here they were uh, Tuesday at Forest Ridge. All right, Sam Humphreys here with Golf Oklahoma in the 73rd hole. Here with the defending champion, Edmund North Huskies, and uh, and with Jordan Wilson as well. Bittersweet way to end it here today. Obviously, the team ended up getting the win, um, but Jordan was actually, for people that don't know, tied for the lead uh, at the time. Yeah, you were tied for the lead uh, when it when the horn blew, but you guys were obviously on different nines. One shot back to start the day, you know. Um, just uh, did, did this ever cross your mind yesterday that this could be a possibility that they would call it off? And did you guys know that the rule would be to um, uh, finish it after 36? We, we were aware it was a possibility. Uh, kind of coming into the week, we knew there was a chance of rain today. But kind of as we looked at it, it looked like it was kind of off and on. I don't know that I fully expected it to be a complete washout as it was. We knew it was a possibility coming into it, but right. I didn't expect expect it to be like this. Right. What about you, Jordan? Did you did it cross your mind at all? Yesterday? I mean, you know, earlier in the week I'd kind of thought about it, but um, yesterday I was just playing, you know, thinking I'm gonna have a chance today, right. to, no matter how I finish yesterday. Right. And yeah, I mean, I was excited to get after it today, try and get you know right. two in a row. But. Right. 
Uh, both of you guys talked about a little bit about the team. Uh, tell me about the year. Obviously, going undefeated on the season—that's huge. Um, tell me a little bit about the other guys um, and and what the, this team means to you. And you guys are a part of history again. Um, so that's awesome. Part of the dynasty one more time. Obviously, before uh, Coach Potter goes to be the athletic director at Edmond North. And so, um, just tell me a little bit about this year's team and what it brought to the table and what you'll remember from this year. Um, you know, I think going undefeated was always in the back of our minds because we never expect to lose. And, you know, throughout the year, we kind of like we kept winning and winning. And, you know, we got all the way to regionals. We're 10-0. and 0, And then it's like we got one more to do. And right. So, you know, we finished the job technically, you know, not the way we wanted, but we got it done. So, awesome. so I mean, this this group just in general is special to me as my started out my golf coaching career when these guys were freshmen and stepping in and uh, watch, getting to watch them win a state championship and kind of riding through it. Um, you know, this group as a whole, I mean, our team top to bottom all season long qualifying was a battle. Uh, I told them all in the preseason they're not going to have competition in tournaments like we do at practice every day, and, and it showed, uh, especially, you know, Walker getting hurt uh, midway through the season, and then just the battle to fill him was intense. I mean, we went with Bo, and there could have been two or three other guys that we probably still would have gotten the job done just because it's, it's – I know in the four years that I was coaching golf, the deepest team we've had, and I would say would definitely go up against some of the deepest uh, yeah. the North has ever had. Um, but uh, going undefeated, you know, look through the, the record books. Um, I mean, from what I've got, we're the only team maybe to go undefeated. There's one other team that's still in question, but on the record books had them at – like 11 out of 12 tournaments so it's it's something special just another thing to add to them that and kind of set themselves even apart from some of the greats so it's it's been and just in general a amazing fun group to be around i love being around these guys it's they're they're one of the main reasons let's make it hard for me to get out of coaching going into the ad role that uh, i'm definitely going to miss being around these guys in, in that aspect yeah um, and then I was just going to ask you a little bit about going to OSU. Are you excited about that and everything? And tell me why you chose OSU. And um, for people that might not know, like, um, what was your determining factor? Or what are you looking forward to most uh, in your next chapter at OSU? Yeah, I'm for sure excited. You know, uh, going to Edmond North, you're kind of in the spotlight of golf in terms of high school. Well, and then going to OSU, you're in the spotlight of college golf. And, you know, I. I don't think I really shy away from that. I'm going to kind of embrace it, and I'm for sure excited. And um, in terms of my determining factor, I mean, I love Coach Bratton, and Coach Dar, and got Wolf and Hovland. I mean, they're obviously doing something right there. So obviously, the the, net, the ultimate goal is to get out on tour. Well, I think that's a good stepping stone to get there. Yeah. Congratulations, guys. I'm obviously proud of you. Edmund North alums will all be proud of you, and um, obviously bittersweet, but uh, still another state championship for Edmund North, so that's something to smile about. I appreciate the time, guys. That was Jordan Wilson from Edmund North, the 6A runner-up on the individual side, as well as Coach Potter, who's transitioning to the athletic director role there at Edmund North. It was really great of them to take some time. I know, like you said, I mean, it was very bittersweet for them. It was another state title for the team, but Jordan Wilson, I mean, your heart breaks for him. Last year, he had his junior season stripped because of COVID. This year, he, he's tied with uh, 14 holes left. The, the sky is open. The rain comes down. He's unable to, to finish and have a chance to come back and win. There were a couple other guys in contention as well. 
well. Dylan Teeter from Bixby was just a couple of shots back. He'd had a chance. William Fuller from Muskogee, he made double on the first hole, but he had steadied. He'd made, I think, five pars in a row after that, and he Those was still very much Those two guys are the guys it. that T-Dub was doing the uh, live live following on Twitter for. Yes, yeah, yes. Those, those are great players. They're going to have good futures. Dylan Teeter, an OCU commit. William Fuller, I believe, is a younger kid, so not sure where he's yeah. going. But, uh, just go ahead, one Sam. little thing after that interview. I wanted to really thank Jordan Wilson and Coach Potter uh, for giving me that interview right after because we tweeted out a picture uh, which had to have been 10 or 15 minutes after uh, I they gave me that interview and he was so candid with his answers both of them uh, and and Jordan Wilson was just beside himself by what had just happened but he that interview was before that picture was even taken. And so he was just taking all this information in. Um, and so what I want people to know is that he took the time uh, just to give that interview, and, and, and it couldn't have gone better. So. Yeah, and you, and you have to give him so much credit for that because we see it all the time, even with professional athletes. Whenever a, a huge moment happens, they're not always ready to talk to the media. Controversial moments. They're not always ready to have a microphone in their face. And he, at such a young age, in what for him was a very difficult moment. In that moment, his high school golf career was over, and he still took the time to come talk to you and uh, and, and had that grace. And he's just he has a bright future in front of him, both, a very bright future. Both Jordan Wilson and Coach Potter, just absolute class acts. Yep. That's that's all I can say. Yep, and Ben Stoller, who gave me a few minutes. Taylor, you spoke with uh, Dylan Teeter from Bixby. We're going to take a quick break, and then whenever we get back, we'll, we'll play just a little clip from uh, Dylan Teeter. We'll give you a little bit of an, <laughs> of an inside story, because he has a very unique look for oh, a high school great. golfer. So uh, he was great. He was absolutely great. Uh, another good kid. But let's before we get to this break, let's talk about some ways that moving forward, it, it just seemed like I don't want to necessarily call it disorganized, but it seemed like there wasn't just one structure in place that's universally applied to make sure that when these tournaments can be played, they're played, and that the kids have the ability to complete 54-hole state tournaments. I know our junior year in high school, Taylor, you won the state championship. It was a 36-hole event, but it wasn't Tuesday that was rained out. It was the second 18 on Monday that was rained out, so then everybody still got to come back Tuesday. You ended up winning in a playoff over McAllister's uh, K. Casey Fernandez, four-hole playoffs, is that right? Yeah. I, I remember I never realized this until joking the other day because the second round got canceled on my 18th hole, teed off on 10 9. I played 57 <laughs> holes in a 36-hole event. That's, that's just absolutely brilliant. That's I mean, it, it, you, talk, you, you talk about, you at least, know. At least you won, right? I, I, I got that to brag on. I, that was the same event. I, I was one hole behind you, so I was on my 17th hole. It would have been my 35th hole of day one whenever it got rained out, and I was playing on a bum knee. I ended up having surgery a few weeks after the state title, and I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just walked 17 extra holes that don't count <laughs> on my bum knee. On on Emerald Falls, which which unfortunately isn't there anymore, but that was not an easy walk. It was not an easy walk, and at the time I thought I was tough, so I wasn't using a push cart. What an well, idiot we, we I were was. all we all thought we were tough. We were like, oh, if you use a push hey, cart, you're bro, a pussy. Put, and now, hey. God, I would give anything to go back and use a push cart. Oh, I might nah. actually have a back now. No push carts, you can't use them in the rain though. Yep, yeah, right. Sometimes the uh, push carts might be a little, little too heavy for the grass. You know, <laughs> it is what it is. So uh, anyway, ideas to improve this moving forward. I, I think the only thing I would say is let's just make sure that we don't jump the gun on canceling a tournament, canceling the final day. I, I think that you should wait until the last moment possible. And so you're I, saying implement a rule. Yeah, I mean, unless, you know, obviously if it's severe weather, that's different. If it's a safety issue, that's a totally different thing than what we're talking about. But 
Yeah, on Tuesday, I really thought that they could have waited until 3.30 just to even make the decision. I mean, everybody's planning on being there all day anyway. It's the final round of the 6A state tournament. I really thought that they could have waited another two and a half hours before they really needed to make a decision. I just didn't think it was necessary to make the decision at 1 o'clock. Everybody would have been okay sticking around a little bit longer to make sure that if they could play, they got out there. So I would say, uh, you know, I don't know what it looks like in terms of a rule book or anything like that, but just from a common sense perspective moving forward for for courses, for tournament managers, I would just hope that in the future, you you don't make that call if the rain's going to stop. Don't make that call with seven and a half hours of daylight left. Make that call at the last possible second and make sure that you have every opportunity for the kids to be able to get back out on the golf course if it's at all possible. Yeah, that was the first thing people started texting me. They started texting me. There's still eight hours of daylight left. Yeah, and I mean, it's... It would be one thing if there was, because for anyone who is maybe out of state or, or wasn't doesn't remember the day, almost the whole state got hit with rain. It wasn't just like Tulsa, all these other. I mean, every other state championship had a rain delay of some sort in round three, but every other one besides six A was able to finish. I mean, and you're telling me Forest Ridge is the only course out of all those that doesn't drain or got more rain than the other ones, especially 10, one that's ten point one ten point one miles down. You got to include the point one. The point yes. one, yeah, the point one can can make a huge difference, and it might might have been if we were 9.9 miles away, Meadowbrook <laughs> might not have been able to play. So, I mean, that, that's, that's... So, what's your rule that you would implement, or, or, or how would you have made the situation just, better? Uh, there has to... There has to be a more clear-cut structure because, I mean, we, we even saw this with the, the the ladies down in Louisiana who weren't able to compete in their NCAA region. I feel so horrible for those ladies. Some of them are seniors Tulsa. in college. Tulsa, Tulsa was included yes. in that. Yeah, could, I mean, being— They were the 13 seed. Obviously, they're not going to be a high seed because they're out of the uh, American Athletic Conference. You but know what I mean? that's why you play it. It's golf. Yeah. People have good days. People have bad days. Imagine, that's why you play it. Imagine your NCAA bracket, all 64 teams— and one of the brackets, everyone just the top six seeds get a get a bye in the first round, and, and everybody the, else goes home. Everybody, no, 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 and everybody else in those other three uh, regions, they 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 play it. Yeah, yeah, they have to play. Yeah, exactly. And it's <laughs> crazy. I mean, it's complete, complete. And I Anyways, feel bad for those. So, we'll get but, to that in a second. Yeah, but, yeah, we'll cover a lot more of that. But you know, I I would say, I mean. The, the premise I brought that up is the video that went around that was so viral is, you know, those those young women had no idea what was going on. They didn't have any say in, in what was occurring. I think that the people who are playing in the event should have a say in what's going on, in my opinion. I think that the players should have some say in what's going on. I mean, obviously, I mean, we've all been high school kids. We didn't make the smartest decisions back then, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we don't know if we want to compete or not. And so, even, right. if it's, even if it's not like a hand-by-hand vote and you just count majority rules, even if you just get the input from a few players and, and you know, ask players, like, and this pertains more to what happened in Baton Rouge than what happened at Forest Ridge, they were saying in Baton Rouge that they might have had to play like a couple par fours as part threes cut it down to par 67 get some input from the players would you be okay with this and and i promise they're all going to tell you yes because you don't get to that level of golf without being a competitor i mean even those kids at forest ridge they want to compete they want to go out and and get after it we call them kids but next year jordan wilson is going to be at osu and he's going to be have the spotlight on him uh the way i would make it better um, is no coach voting. Like, there there shouldn't be coaches voting on whether they should play or not because in this situation specifically, you had the last group was on number four, you know, and, and they had just finished. So it was it, 14 holes, give or take, to play, right? And so I hate the fact that 
um, you have coaches voting about when they're seventy five percent of the coaches are done or out of the tournament, uh, and they're voting on whether to continue the tournament and wait until nine o'clock to do the trophy presentation or just go home, right? And and you have seventy five percent of the tournament, and then so the, really the only coaches that care is the coach that is in the team lead and a coach that has an individual that is maybe towards the lead or or a team that might be able to finish second third or fourth which all those teams are in the final group with the the team that's in the lead right because they were playing in threesomes right so basically what I'm saying is no they shouldn't do coaches voting and I I, I really don't like the fact that they had uh, no OSSAA uh, person there because they they had to designate a, a tournament manager. Now, I wonder, I wonder on the OSSAA side, is it just a matter of they don't have enough personnel to get to every site, so they don't want to pick and choose which sites they go to? Because, I, I mean, obviously you would love to have a, a director of the OSSAA or a member of the OSSAA at every site, but if that's not possible, then how do you choose which sites you go to? Because if you send an OSSAA official to 6A and you don't send one to 3A, then it's like, well, you know, obviously 6A is bigger, but does that mean that 3A shouldn't get right. one? I just, and, and again, so, that, that's a logistical issue. So that, that, that brings, sure up, that brings up another point uh, that I'll get to. Uh, I'll just get to it now. So uh, first of all, we need to have more state championships on the west side of the state. You've had three state championships since 2011. That was when it was at Cedar Ridge. Then it went to Karsten Creek. Stillwater You're talking is about the 6A state championship. 6A. Yep. I'm talking about 6A only. That was at Karsten Creek. You can consider Stillwater uh, western side of the state, but I'm talking about west it's side still, of the state. Stillwater, as, to oh, me, is not west side or east side. It's kind of its own thing. It's, it's, it's an own hour thing. from it's Oklahoma not, City. It's, an it's hour not from Tulsa. Oklahoma City. You know, and, and, and then it goes back up to Tulsa. So, basically, we need more state championships uh, evened out between Tulsa and Oklahoma City. But basically my point of bringing, saying no coach voting, I, I don't like the fact that half the coaches or 75% of the coaches don't care anyways because their their players are already either close to done or, you know, their, turn, their, their players aren't even in the tournament to win or, you know, ha- compete for, the, for any type of trophy, right? And then I, I don't like the fact that the OSSAA designates a – tournament manager who is a coach of a team in the tournament um and and i'm just bringing up facts here in 2010 at jimmy austin the same situation happened right edmund santa fe was making similar it. it was on the first day right correct so anyways on, in 2010 at jimmy austin a tornado a literal tornado went through uh the area right and they had heavy thunderstorms they canceled the round well edmund santa fe was making a run and Edmund North was faltering a little bit in 2010, okay? And the head coach of Edmund Santa Fe was Mike Stoltz, who happened to be the tournament manager of this tournament uh, this year at Forest Ridge. And the tournament manager was designated by the OSSAA, and then it just happens to be that he ends up making the same decision to cancel that round that they made in 2010. And so I don't like the fact that that falls on uh, a coach because then people will speculate on that and make uh, assumptions about that that aren't necessarily true. It's just the fact that he was designated by the OSSAA, it, it, it shouldn't fall on him and people will say, oh, you know, it's it's he's a coach of Edmund Santa Fe. No, it has nothing to do with 
do with it. His job at that moment, once the rain delay happened, was tournament manager. And well, so I don't, and, and, I don't like the fair. fact that there's a there's a uh, conflict of interest there. Well, and, and you you don't want a coach to be put in an unfair position like that. And Coach Stoltz did say that it was not his decision. Essentially, and, he was the messenger. And Coach Stoltz would, could manager. not have been nicer to. To everybody, yes, you know, no, he, and, was and, and, he was great, and he gave us a quote. He told us exactly what happened. He said there was no situation. He said that you know it, the OSSAA guy wasn't there. It falls on me, so I asked the superintendent and the head and the head pro, and it falls on Force Rich. So that's what he told us as the tournament manager. And so basically, what I'm saying is, I don't like the fact that uh, coaches are even involved at all. If they're in the tournament. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, you have to have them there to, to handle their teams uh, and to be around and stuff. But it's just it's uh, it's a very tricky situation. At the end of the day, we want golf to be played. We want these kids to have a chance to compete uh, and to go out and, and get after it on the golf course. So why don't we take a quick break, come back on the other side, and then we'll show some love to the other class of state championships. There were state uh, there were trophies handed out all over the state of Oklahoma. Every uh, single on Tuesday. one. Yep. Every single one yep. except for the 6A. Yep, we had a lot of 54 holes. Uh, a lot of 54-hole tournaments that were yeah. concluded on Tuesday. There was only one thirty-six. So, hole. Uh, so we'll so show some love to those teams. We'll touch a little bit on what happened in Baton Rouge, a little bit more uh, with the women down there at the NCAA Regional. We'll give you a quick Byron Nelson update since it is a Thursday afternoon, and then we'll get out of here. Everybody stay with us. This is the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Welcome back. Wrapping things up here on a Thursday on the 73rd hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, and Sam Humphreys with you. We are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. And we just once again wanted to shout out Madison Custom Homes for all of their support here on the pod. Head over to madisoncustomhomes.net. That's M-A-T-T-E-S-O-N, madisoncustomhomes.net. They've got some of the most beautiful homes in the state of Oklahoma. So go over there, check out everything they have to offer. Some great uh, pictures on that website. You'd probably display there that they're featured in Golf Oklahoma Magazine, our great partners here on the 73rd hole, so we appreciate all of their great support. Uh, fellas, it was not only the 6A state championship that was played this week. It was only the 6A state championship uh, that was shortened to 36 holes, but there are other deserving state champions, uh, runner-up, everybody on the podium that deserve some time here today. So, Taylor, why don't you give us a list of uh, what all classes were played this week on the boys' side in the state of Oklahoma? Uh, 6A through 2A. 6A through 2A. Okay, so why don't we start with 2A. We'll work our way up to 6A. Uh, give us the, the schools and the names of the kids from class 2A. All right, so I got top three here of the teams and individuals. So, down in 2A, which is played at uh, Early Wine, I believe. Um, Walters, I have some family down from there. They end up winning by 37 shots over uh, Cashin. And then uh, Lata, L-A-T-T-A, I'm not sure where that school is. Um, they finished third. Um, winner of the tournament was uh, Dominic Stevens, who is a senior who is currently 173rd in Junior Golf Scoreboard ranking. So, very high-ranked player. Um, according to Junior Golf Scoreboard, he's committed to uh, Northeastern State next year. And where year. is he from? Uh, Crescent. Okay. Crescent's where he's from. And then um, Connor Tyre of Tipton finished second. And then uh, Byrne Donlap of O-K-T-A-H-A. I'm not sure how you pronounce that one. But uh, he ended up finishing third. (laughs) I know some of these names I'm going to do my best on if I mess up. This one's a little easy. And, and, And how many holes did they play? 54. Okay, good to know. Okay. Good to know. 54, 54, three, three rounds. Just want to put that out. Three, <laughs> round, three, round, three rounds. I'm just of, curious. Three rounds of I was golfer just plus. just curious. We've been super serious all day. We're going to have fun now. <laughs> so now so now we get up to 3A. This one, these are a little easier to pronounce. Uh, Christian Heritage won by a whopping 61 shots. Whoa. Over OCS. 
very easy. And then Lincoln Christian was third. Those names are a little easier to pronounce right. than the two, eh? Um, uh, but we had a really good um, individual battle here, guys. The top three going to be all great players. Andrew Goodman ended up winning by seven shots. He's committed to OU, number 20 in junior golf scoreboard currently. Beast, um, a beast. But yes, he is. Uh, number 67 in junior golf scoreboard, Ryder Cowan, who is actually a sophomore, finished second. Um, Ryder Cowan, Whoa. I got to tell a story, lives on my hole on uh, number seven east. And I see him out there. It was raining one day, and I guess the range was closed, and he was hitting balls backwards on like up towards my tee box. And I took a Snapchat. I didn't know it was Ryder at the time, and I'm like, "This kid has some dedication." And then I, later, I found out it was Ryder Cowan. That is dedication. That's yep. how, good that's, kid. That's good how you kid. get moved up Great to 67 kid. as a sophomore. And so, um, a guy who you had mentioned previously, Sam uh, Bryant Pohill, um, and yep. he's also a sophomore. He finished one um, of AJGA, I one, think, down at Texas A&M. Yep. Correct. Mm-hmm. I believe so. And and then, so he's uh, he's currently 426, but he's moving up in junior golf scoreboard. So that was a very good top three. And how many holes did they play? 54. Okay. Th- that's three. I was just that, curious. That's three rounds. Of, that's three <laughs> I rounds was of just golf. Just curious. Three rounds of golf. Um, 4A. We had Casher Hall end up winning by 19 over Elk City with Holland Hall finishing third. Um, very, another tight race here. Uh, Trace Hill, who is 64th in junior golf scoreboard, who is committed to OCU, won by one stroke over Will Sides, who is uh, or William Sides, who is 33rd in junior golf scoreboard. And for anyone, I'm keep saying junior golf scoreboard. For anyone who isn't aware, this is global rankings here. Yeah, I mean, it's this, like in football when you hear. Top Top 100 rankings. It's the same type of deal. Yeah, it's it's similar to the ESPN 300 or Football yeah. 247 recruiting st- uh, stuff like that. So I mean, these are the top some of the top players in in the world and all top juniors in all the world. Basically, um, we have great golf being played in the state of Oklahoma. Yes, Unbelievable. We, yes, we do. So Trey Seal gets a one shot win over Will Size. Drew Mabry from Holland Hall end up finishing third in that group. And um, and to read it to your point, Colby, because I knew it was coming. They played 54 holes. Did they? Three rounds of golf. Wow, 18 on Tuesday. Yes. Good for them. <laughs> good, yes, they do. Good. So, sounds like, uh, a, down, sounds down, like a fun down, event. Down at Winter Creek Golf Club. So, very good golf was Shout played. Shout out Winter Creek. That's where good. we played in high school. Yes, it was. And then, um, so up at 5A, which was 10.1 miles away from Forest Ridge. Let's make sure we get this straight. 10.1. Um, Bishop Kelly gets the win by 29 strokes over Duncan, um, who finished second. Guthrie finished third. Um, very impressive here, guys. Um, Parker Payne and Will Hennessy. Um, Parker Payne got the win by five strokes over Will Hennessy. But uh, I believe, from the way I understand it, those two are both freshmen, if I'm not correct. Correct, Sam. Didn't uh, didn't our friend Kim McLeod tell yep. you that? Both freshmen, and you mentioned Duncan. That's where me and you met. Was, it was. It, it was down at the Hodebeck. The, the Hodebeck. <laughs> one, one of the most underrated hey, junior tournaments hey, ever. What were we playing in that day? Pouring rain. <laughs> it was so much worse than it was on Tuesday. It's not even funny. <laughs> How old were you all at the time? I'll like, let what, you what tell the story, t It was my very first term I ever played, and I, it was a nine-hole event. Or How it old was, were you at the time? I was 11, so Sam okay. was 8 and beating my ass. But <laughs> nevertheless, you know, we're out there. I mean, I'm telling you, we we would have weighed 100. If we both weighed 100 pounds to start the day. Dude, when I we weighed got 100 off, since I came out the womb. When, when when we got done playing with how wet we are, we weighed, we'd weighed 135. That's how wet <laughs> our clothes were. I mean, I remember one hole, I was in the rough, and I tried to hit a 7-iron, and the rough was so wet, the ball went literally a foot. So did they just take the leaderboard from the first day? How, nope, how actually... Yeah, a very similar situation. Um, there, uh, we were playing with uh, one of my friends, Ryan Cox. Now he um, he had played pretty good the first day as his home course, but Sam went out there and started dominating on the second day. A little eight year old out there just balling, and he had, I think he had a couple shot lead, and then we were on on seventeen, on 17 and, which was our eighth hole of the nine hole tournament. Or oh. the, it was technically an eighteen hole tournament, but it was two days, and um, and then he boom, there's the horn, and then. 
Done. That's all they did. And we and we were the last groups. I got a I got a fourth place trophy. I still have it. Nice. And, 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 and awesome. it was taller than you were at the time. <laughs> that's awesome. Hodeback gives out the best junior trophies. That's a great story. So were I feel we, your pain, Jordan. Did, did we give all the five A winners? Uh, yes, Parker Payne, Will Hennessy, uh, Gus Fritz of Shawnee ended up finishing third. Hey, well, by the way, but again, that was at Meadowbrook in Tulsa, so they fell one miles away. So they fell victim to the rainstorms. We're only able to get thirty six holes in. Um, so no, that's false. Oh, they did play fifty four holes. They did play fifty four holes in Tulsa. In Tulsa, ten point one miles away. <laughs> hey, but, good to know. Wait, they did. They played. They finished. Good to know. Meadowbrook. No, fifty four holes is three rounds, guys. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Put, sounds put that like out there. Hey, sounds like great fun. By the way, we we mentioned four uh, A. Uh, I, I just wanted to give a shout out to my cousin Mac Weems. Your name in the top three out here. Mac Weems actually finished fourth of Ada. That's a big, uh, big tournament for him. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so just wanted to give a quick shout out. Yeah, yeah and, 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 if you, and if you finish fourth down at a course like Winter Creek, you played some good golf because you got to be able to get it around there. Some very tight holes out there. So and you know we've had so much controversy at six A. We just want to set the set the. Straight, uh, set it straight and act like it was actually a tournament. So uh, Edmund North because it was they played yeah. thirty six holes on Monday in good weather and we had a scoreboard. Yeah, well, yeah. Th- so the final scoreboard reads Edmund North um, Sam's on modern uh, ends up winning by fourteen over Jinx Broken Arrow finishes third. Um, we've already mentioned the winner Ben uh, Ben Stoller who's one hundred thirty eighth in junior golf scoreboard um, committed to Kansas State but he is a junior so he'll have some chance to move up in those rankings. Jordan Wilson from Edmund North um, obviously runner up by one who we keep talking about. He's uh, one hundred one in junior golf scoreboard going to Oklahoma State next year. Um, and for people that don't know, normally in those junior golf scoreboard rankings, uh, if you're a senior, you move up the leaderboard or move up the rankings a little faster uh, because, you know, you've played more tournaments. Right. But, yeah, you're trying to – So, try, like, when yeah. we say that uh, Ben Stoller was 138, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, he's the 100, 138th best player, you know. It, it, it's more of, you know. Yeah, be real interesting to see what he is a year from now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's all about accumulation tournaments. That kid can golf his ball. That's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And and there's no shame being 138th best player in the world. Right, junior right. golfer. I'm just saying I mean, he's better than that. Yeah. And so I mean, if you think about it, if I mean I've listed off all these kids. How many? One, two, third, third th- place in six A. By the way, Dylan Teeter from um from Bixby um going to Oklahoma City next year. Fantastic. So yeah, and uh, you know Your just experience. Read, just reading this off, guys. So. I mean, think about it. We have 50 states in, in the United States, if I'm not mistaken, right? I mean, I, I guess Washington, D.C. is kind of considering themselves now a state. So we'll, we'll just say 50 for, for clarification. So if we had one golfer from each state, you would think that the 51st player would be the second best in the state, Let's, just, for, just for reference. So I'll read off some of these uh, junior golf scoreboard. 138, 101, 64, 33, 20, 67, um, 173. I mean, guys, I mean. And that's competing good? with California, Texas, Florida, New York, all the big – Biggest states in the U.S. Yeah, Arizona, Scottsdale, and, obviously, yeah, obviously. Golf yep. And this is this is also including AJGAs, where international uh, kids come and play tournaments yeah. as well. So yeah, absolutely. So uh, by the way, so Dylan Teeter, great kid. I, I we get there on he uh, is the man. We get there on Tuesday. He's had just, the most fly outfit. It, so I fly. Yeah. So I mean, he looks like I saw a picture of Byron Nelson earlier. He kind of looks a little like Byron Nelson. He's got the hat. He's got the little soft top. Payne hat. Stewart, a little bit of Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah, a little bit of all that. But I mean, I'm telling you, he was looking slick. Yeah. On Tuesday, and he had and, the facial hair to match. And and Taylor, you made the observation. Go ahead and <laughs> go ahead and tell the people. I just I, I was looking at him and I saw <laughs> I saw him walking off the green and I thought, is that Bruce Arians? <laughs> I mean, and I'm like, is, 
is he about to be is Tom Brady around? He but looks like a skinny he, version of Bruce Arians. He, he, like like, he looks like Bruce Arians' son. He honey, does. Honey, I shrunk the Bruce. That's what he looks like. <laughs> he just so so Taylor interviews Dylan Teeter, talks to him a little bit, and then at the conclusion, Taylor shows him some love for his look. So uh, here's a little fun back and forth between Taylor and Dylan Teeter on Tuesday at Forest Ridge. Tell you what, man, you got one of the best games I've seen out here, and I tell you what, you're the most fly dressed. And my last question for you, Bob: Has anyone ever said you look like Bruce Arians? <laughs> no, no, never. <laughs> go look up That's a picture. A new one. Yeah, you might have it. Maybe you coach football, like him, play golf a little better than him. You might yeah. be right, right on your way. So, Dylan, thank you so much yeah. for your time, my friend. I really appreciate it. Best evening. of luck to you in the future, Bob. He was a good sport about that, and uh, he had a great state tournament, obviously. He was still in the running. And his uh, parents were in the called. background dying laughing when oh, Tito said that. He, it he was, was great. And, and give Teeter credit. You know, we talk about Stoller and Wilson coming down the stretch. Teeter was only – We haven't was, talked enough about Teeter. He was only one over on the day. He missed – I believe he three-putted from like 15 feet on number one and then parred his way in, made, made but, some but good – But he had a real he, chance to win that tournament. He, he would have been three. Yeah, he would have been within three yeah. with – with uh, he was teeing off on seven, so with 12 holes to play. Yeah, that's crazy. That, would have been within three. And also – could have I, easily won the tournament. I don't know exactly where Muskogee's William Fuller was because he was a little further ahead. There's only three of us. There's only so many holes that we can cover. He made a double on his first hole, but then he really steadied it out and made four or five pars in a row. So he would have only been four or five back with probably ten holes to play at the time. So there was uh, there, there were still several guys who were in it on Tuesday. Let's talk about what took place yesterday in Baton Rouge because it really has been making the rounds. Uh, we had a coach on Sports Center earlier, golf golf week or golf this morning, whatever it is on uh, on Golf Channel, had some coaches on talking about what took place in Baton Rouge. There's an NCAA regional being played down there. Tulsa was, was. in this regional that was supposed to be played down there. Tulsa was the 13 seed. Tulsa was the 13 seed. Bunch of rain comes in, but the Miami coach actually went out, walked all 18 holes, took pictures, took videos. Course looked like it was ready to go. Course looked like it was playable. And that's the key word here is playable. So the athletic director at Fairleigh Dickinson, who I'm assuming was dubbed the tournament manager, comes out <laughs> and in front of the coaches and players at, uh, at the Baton Rouge Regional gives this statement. And this was on cell phone video, so it's not the best audio quality in the world. But you can hear what he's saying if you really listen. It's about 40 seconds. And listen to the reactions of the players as they realize, some of them, that their collegiate careers have come to an end without them even having the chance to put a tee in the ground. Here's what took place yesterday at Baton Rouge. Playable. Playable. I mean, that was the reaction, and you can hear the disappointment in the voices of those young women who were ready to tee it up and play in this regional. They wanted to play, and based on everything that we saw yesterday in Baton Rouge, we saw pictures, we saw videos, even the guy making the announcement came out, and I know it was kind of tough to hear. What he said was, the course is playable, it's just not playable at a championship level. I, I, I cannot imagine. What does imagine. that even mean? Who put the statement together? It's one of the, it, it's the worst PR statement <laughs> I've maybe ever heard in my life.
my life to walk out and tell a group of young women who are wanting to tee it up, the course is playable. Now go home. Your At seasons are over. Rich said no comment. <laughs> well, that would have been better. And the thing, the thing <laughs> that listening to the audio doesn't show that the video does is after they make the statement, all the the gentleman who made the announcement and then the uh, other people around him, they just walk back up into the clubhouse like yep. nothing happened. I mean, they just walk off, don't even listen to the young women. And I just, I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, I'm like, like uh, that that's, goes back to what we're ta- talking about, the 6A thing. You, you have to have clear rules put in place for when things like this happen because – you know, like think about the U.S. justice system. I mean, when whenever in doubt, you look at a, a tech or a, a scripture or whatever to figure out exactly what the rule is or what a law is. And whenever you get put in a situation where you're just having some random people, whoever you design for or designate for the tournament, making decisions when people don't have any say or any clue as to what may the, the possibility may be, and you the players just particularly and I feel for these young women almost the cedar as as bad as the force rid situation was I feel like you know for these college women you know obviously um, there's going to be a lot of high school kids that, that end their careers. But, you know, like Jordan Wilson and uh, Ben uh, Ben Stoller, they're going to go have careers afterwards in college. Right. A lot of these young women on the college teams, this is that's their last chance to go win right. a title. And not to mention, both for high school and the college people, last year was completely shot because of the whole COVID and I situation. Think we, I think we cut that video off, video off a little bit short. I think at the end, very end of that video, a girl yells out, Thanks for ending my career. Well, let me play this other one because that was a little bit shorter clip, but it was from a closer cell phone yeah. so we could hear him. Now let's listen to the girls in the background. This is a different video that might shed a little more light on the reaction. Are you serious? No. You should be ashamed of yourself. That is so terrible. <laughs> that is Yeah, so then the camera just kind it's of starts just, panning around. But, I mean, you can hear the emotion there. Absolutely. They wanted to play, and the guy told them the course was playable. Absolutely Why would you walk out and say that? Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it was an absolute embarrassment. For them well, to come out and make that statement was just... It was terrible. It was one of the most disgraceful things I've seen happen in the world of golf in, in some time. I, I I truly feel for those young young women that had to had to endure that. I mean, it's it's especially if you were a senior going out and trying to trying to make it to national championship, which is what y'all strive for yeah. as a, as a college player, and to not even have an opportunity at it, and to not have a backup plan is what because the tournament didn't even start. I mean, can we not just move? I mean, I know it's late missed it, late minute logistics, but can we not? Get these ladies maybe to another regional where they're at. Divide yeah. them up. Just extend them. Well, and, and hey. what's crazy is just how big this has gotten. This has gotten huge. I mean, it's been one of the lead stories on Sports Center since yesterday afternoon, and now the NCAA has come out because there's been so much backlash, and they've already, 24 hours later, f- floated the idea of basically putting a buffer day in during regional week so that if there is bad weather, there's one additional day to give them one additional day, hoping that they can get some good weather in four days as opposed to three days. Why Why did we not Wait, already have a buffer on. day? Hold on. No, 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 no. Like, first of all, let's bring it back regionally. Or let's bring it back to the state of Oklahoma. Tulsa, ranked 13th. This this is why this is even worse than what happened at Forest Ridge was because at least they played at Forest Ridge. Yes. Here, they didn't even play. 
then they just went with the top six seeds. Yeah. Four, and, and, and Tulsa's ranked 13th. And, and the top six seeds, it's very rare that each of the top six seeds gets through. That's why you play it. Maybe the eighth-seeded team has a really good week and the fourth-seeded team doesn't play well. That's why you put the tee in the ground and go play golf. And I thought when you said that, that you were about to say that, oh, they, they floated around the idea of playing it again. Well, I, I mean, most of these schools... <laughs> I don't know about Tulsa, has the budget, you know, to, to go and, and give these girls another three days of hotel space. And and I don't understand. Every single one of these schools would pay for another three days or even two days for them to play this championship out. I don't understand. Like I said earlier, it's like having a bracket and one region of the bracket just gets buys. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And it's in the rule book. You've got three days. You, you can't play past the third day. Uh, so that's what they need to change. And that's what they're already looking at changing because it's it's just been such a disaster with the backlash from yesterday. Uh, something a little more positive. Byron Nelson's being played today. It's a lot of fun. Uh, J.J. Spawn, by the way. J.J. Spawn's not the only one hey, going who well. was who was uh, J.J. Spawn's partner in the uh, Zurich? Uh, who was J.J. Spawn's partner? Who? Oh, was it really? Matt. 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 Uh, by the way, totally he's been tied. He's been tied at the top of the leaderboard. Did y'all see this? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Jordan no, Spieth. Is it Spieth? Is that how it's pronounced? Jordan Spieth? Nine under. Finished on the day. Jordan <laughs> Spieth playing for the first time since I the Masters. It. He took a week off after the Masters, and then he got COVID. So then he took two more weeks off, and now he's building his game back into form. Boom. Nine under on day hey, one. Hey, don't mess with Texas Spieth. or don't mess with Jordan Spieth in Texas. Data Golf throws out win percentages for every player in the field. So currently, the second highest win percentage for any player at this point in the field is 4.8%, and that goes to Six, Aaron Wise. 6.7. Rom's at 6.7 at minus three. Rom is at 6.7? Yeah. That far down? Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't scroll that far down. That's why I didn't see it. Uh, so 6.7 for John Rom. I didn't scroll down to the three hey, unders. So best bets, you brought this up to me in the break. Yeah, if you by, can, by the way, just real quick, Jordan Spieth's nineteen point nine percent to win the tournament. Thirteen more percentage points than than the next best guy. And also, you know, I want to point out before I make what I consider my best bet of of today is is that <laughs> uh, you know, Data Golf has projected cut line thirty seven percent at minus seven and thirty three percent at minus six. The most wow. likely cut line for this event is minus seven. That is incredibly insane. The, I was, the, lo- I was, the lowest ever cut on the PGA Tour is minus seven. It happened at last year's Shriners. Wow. I, I, that's really interesting because I was told today uh, by a caddy on the PGA Tour that he said that, you know, this TPC Craig, TPC Craig Ranch, right, yeah. is, is literally one of the most wide open courses on the PGA Tour uh, and that, like, a good player would just love it. They can just eat it up. And there was no wind today, and they just ate it up. He was exactly right. That yeah. was this morning. They had such pure conditions out there. I mean, they were – I mean, you scroll down, we were talking about it earlier. Brooks Kepka is minus – finished the day at minus one. He is currently in 114th place at minus one. Wow. If you shot even par, you were 129th. There is approximately about – 15 guys that shot over par out of 156. Yeah, it's just wow. absolutely crazy. And one of them and was my guy, Pearson Cooney. But By the way, we've been in here recording, so we didn't get to see a ton of uh, speeds round today. But the Kyle, worst, By the way, the worst score is four over, by the way. Kyle that, Porter. Only one person. Uh, uh, Kevin Stadler and Pearson Cootie, I thought. No, Pearson Cootie made a, a couple birdies late. Yeah, he's just two like, over. Is it yeah. just Stadler at four? Yes. Kevin Stadler at four. Uh, so Kyle Porter from CBS, great, great writer for CBS, tweeted out 20 minutes ago, said, Jordan Spieth today, chunked a chip, nearly bladed a tee shot on a par three, 
Hit one out of the woods from 247 yards to nine feet. Made nine threes. Shot 63. Sounds like it's round in uh, Phoenix. That's uh, that's Jordan Spieth for you right there. So best bets. What were y'all's best bets? I'm going to throw mine out. Mine's the Jordan Spieth wins the tournament. <laughs> hey, let me let me preface this by saying T Dub and my best bet were the same, but but his best bet he he was talking about this before Jordan Spieth tied the lead. Yeah, I was just saying I was whenever we saw JJ Spawn was up to the lead, I just joked to Sam. I said if you can find anywhere where you can get JJ Spawn to not finish in the top ten, I would bet that very heavily. So <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I would definitely definitely roll on that. So that that was my best bet. I was just trying trying to be somewhat funny. I mean, Data Golf has him at at nine point four percent chance to finish inside the top five. So I mean, it's not like it's a horribly a trope. It's not like it's an obvious bet by any right. stretch of imagination. Absolutely. So. Are we going to do a hashtag how high today? Hey, I saw Sean O'Hare's name up there. T-Dub, where's he at right now? Sean O'Hare. Let me see. We're doing he is plus, Sean, he finished at minus five, which is T-29. T-29, minus five on the day. Sean O'Hare, how high? We're going to uh, Sean O'Hare. No, we got problems, boys. What? We got problems. Either I spelled his name wrong because I was just going to have it pulled up and have it ready. It says uh, Sean O'Hare currently. No, okay, I spelled his name wrong, but I still don't have his highest ever world ranking. Okay, okay. so we're going to have one word. We're going to do it differently. Normally, one of us will look it up before, then the guest. Now we're going to have all three of us guess, and then we're going to look it up afterwards so all we right. can have. But, but Taylor has to guess first because right. Taylor gets them right all the time. I will say he was pretty good there for a while. I'm going to say 28. Sam. I'm going to go fifth. Fifth. Okay. I'm going to split the difference. I think he's somewhere in the middle. I'm going to go 17th for Sean O'Hare. He might have cracked top 20. Efforting. I think he might have gotten all the way He was really good there for a while. Winner. Best official world golf ranking position, 12th. Oh, I, was five I knew he was there. Five positions away. What, like 2007 uh, or 2009? 2009. Well, remember 2009 was um, a lot of people don't remember this putt because the 2008 was the infamous Tiger Bay Hill putt. But Tiger made another putt in 2009 uh, to beat Sean O'Hare. That's the guy that who he ended up beating on the one that was kind of more in the dark and he does. It's not the one where he throws his hat down, but he does big old huge fist pump. So that's uh, another guy who got burned by Tiger. You know, just add him to the list. Yeah, tomorrow will be super interesting to see like who. If, if first of all, it'll be interesting to see if TPC Craig Ranch like sets it up a little harder for these guys to separate you would themselves. Think. You would I mean, think. I mean, minus one's T one fourteen. I bet they're going to put every pin within three paces of the edge, tip it out, and not put any water on the course. They have tomorrow to. will play the hardest out of the whole tournament. I guarantee you. Probably it'll be an overreaction today. You, you can't because you can't tuck the pin every day on every green because yeah. there's only so many places you can tuck the hey, pin. Give, yeah. give so. the listeners a little T Gooch update uh, because he guaranteed us a win this week. Uh, t- uh, he didn't guarantee us a win. Let's no, no, no. Colby, Colby, I didn't. I didn't mean that. I meant <laughs> that he. Colby asked him where he should play uh, TG as a one-and-done. I did, and he said TPC Craig Ranch. He had a very respectable three-under 69 nice today at TPC Craig Ranch. And (laughs) three-under 69 is currently good for T75. Unbelievable. Not even making the cut. I mean, he's probably realistically going to have to shoot 68 tomorrow to make the cut. 68 would get him to seven Well, in a normal tournament, I think they're going to set it up way harder. Yeah, I think they will too. So hopefully, and there was no win today. Hopefully, he comes out and shoots like sixty-five tomorrow. I would yep. be all in favor of that since I used him in the one and done. A crazy well, thing about this tournament is you could have a guy who is in like eightieth place right now be like fifteenth before the before Sunday. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it can happen just like that. All you need is a stretch of birdies on a course that's gettable. And you know, one thing um, I haven't looked up the weather forecast. I don't want to prognosticate wrong, but it could be advantageous for the players who are going out early. So, because if the wind does pick up in the afternoon, you might be able to get out there before the wind blows. Get or, a little no win, no win draw. 
Exactly. Exactly. And you know, one thing going TG, I believe, plays in the afternoon tomorrow. So maybe it could be the opposite, which happens sometimes, yeah. where the wind blows in the morning and then stops in the afternoon. So um, and that that's one of the things that you deal with in Texas. But if you're going to play a a a course that is in pristine shape with no wind. These guys are going to eat it up. It doesn't matter if you set it up 8,500 yards. I mean, they're going to shoot under par. They just might not shoot. They might not have the cut at 12 under par or whatever it's going to be. So, so. I've got McKinney pulled up here. At 8 a.m., the wind will be blowing 6 miles an hour. At 9 o'clock, it gets to 8 miles an hour. At 10 o'clock, it gets to 11 miles an hour. And then it stays. A wall of wind for Dottie Pepper. It, a wall of wind. <laughs> it, stays, <laughs> it stays at either 11 or 12 miles an hour from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. So the wind will be fairly consistent throughout the day. Guys who get off super early. We'll have about nine holes where the wind's blowing three or four less miles an hour. I don't know how they're going to play in it. I mean, I, that, 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 that's just unbearable. Hey, is, that, hey, is that playable or championship condition? That's a great question. It probably is playable, but maybe not at a championship level. Who knows uh, what the case <laughs> is. We covered a lot of ground today. I want to let everybody know, too, we, we've gotten great responses to us going out and covering these events that, that there's just not a lot of coverage for. We're going to be at Carson Creek next Wednesday, the final round of the regional in Stillwater. Uh, hopefully, it's not a uh, three-day rainout where Shout they tell us. Shout out to us, Madison Custom Homes again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They'll have us up there next Wednesday, so we're really looking forward to that. Always fun being at Carson Creek. There's a chance of rain every day. It's mid-May in Oklahoma. Temperatures are forecasted to be in the high 70s. That's when it can sometimes get severe. No severe weather. We're not wanting to mess with that. Nice, sunny days every day at Karsten. I thought it was awesome that we were out there. We were loving it. It would have been electric finish uh, down the stretch with Stoller and Jordan Wilson because you would have been on the back and nine and I would have been on the front. Well. And yeah, and potentially Teeter as, well. as well, who you were following. It would have been an electric finish, but... I thought it was great, too, that we were out there videoing every shot, and it was awesome because then we were able to let them know, like when the horn blew, where they stood. Yeah, you know? exactly. So then uh, uh, next week, make sure you're following us on social media. Twitter is at the 73rd hole. That's where we put a lot of the live stuff, and we'll give you updates throughout the day as well on the Instagram, which is at 73rd hole. So make sure that you're following us uh, there as we're going to be out at Carson next week doing some good stuff, just continuing to cover golf in the state of Oklahoma. And, and you know, I'm reading through here, guys. I... I don't OSU might have obviously it's at their home course, but they might have gotten a bad draw here. Listen to some of these teams in their in the region. We're gonna go through all this on Monday, by the way. Yeah, yeah, but yeah let's so just take a quick but, look. But here. just so everyone knows who's gonna be in the event. So we got OSU, uh, Illinois, who won the Big Ten, Auburn, SMU, who has a lot of good players, uh, Notre Dame, Alabama, who's won numerous uh, national titles. Alabama's a little down this year. Um, Baylor, Mike McGraw's Baylor team, um, Sam Houston, Little Rock, Ole Miss, Northwestern, uh, College of Charleston, Middle Tennessee, and um, the one individual, Mount, and you, I may pronounce his name wrong, Colby, but you know, Jack House, Hose, House, 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 House from, yeah. from Oral Roberts will be playing as an individual. So hopefully, who, who won the Summit League by seven shots, right? Yeah, so hopefully yep. he can no, have, that'll be great. Hopefully he can have a good hey, tournament boys, and get to national. How about this? Homework over the weekend. We're going to pick. I hate teachers who assign homework over the weekend. We're going to pick six teams. From each region. Oh, let's do it. And oh, that's whoever has the most out of all the regions wins. Ian. Well, hey, if they if it's like the ladies and they get rained out, I'm going chalk, top six. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm just going to pick the top six hey, in top every three region. Indiv- y'all want to do the top six and hope do- it gets rained out. Hey, let's, yes. let's do the three individuals, too, just to add more fun to it. Okay. Just for fun. And then at the end, you can predict how many holes they'll play. 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, all right, so we're having some fun on a Thursday. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you got something to say, you want to inject your opinion, at the 73rd hole. We respond to Twitter. everybody. Yep, we uh, we certainly try to. Uh, so hit us up at the 73rd hole on Twitter. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to our support from Madison Custom Homes, McCray Roofing, Diffie Ford Lincoln. Uh, I'm forgetting somebody spine Oklahoma Clinic. Spine Clinic. Just absolutely great. Uh, I'm thrilled to be doing this stuff here in the state of Oklahoma covering the game of golf. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We're back next week once again here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.